Hello, sisters, and welcome. Grab a drink and a familiar, cozy up by a bubbling cauldron, and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Night Caucus. Say hello, sisters. Hello, I'm Katie. I'm Angela. I'm Shanna. I'm number three. And I'm Jillian. And I'm here. And we're all here. We survived the 2023 election. Um, let us give each other a round of applause. We did it. Snaps. Ooh. We did it. Snaps. Um, we lived to tell the tale. Um, and we're going to get into that. Uh, we've also got a very special guest with us. And uh, first, obviously, we have to do a little bit of hexing. I don't know where to start. I want to hex I... germs. And I want to okay, hex yeah. no, that's the fact real. that there that's was real. a pandemic that prevented us from getting all the other germs for so long that now all of the other germs are back at once with a vengeance which like i can respect the vengeance but also like not from germs though listen we Um, as a species deserve it don't get me wrong i'm just saying it's true but maybe not like me me specifically come on right like on an individual (laughs) basis though i don't know um mm. anyway sorry for what i sound like no that's 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 fine uh angela you got a thoughtful face i'm, I'm still katie you want to go oh still, yeah marinating yeah yard sign wars are awful and i hate them yeah i hate i hate hate yard signs kind of to begin with and i would like to um just hex people who think that yard signs make a difference that they feel the need to steal them or put six of their signs around one of your signs or whatever it's just so childish yes it's a waste of like just you know put your yard signs in your yard we put our yard signs at the polling places like just get over it seriously like just move on with your life also i want candidates to know a thing yeah yard signs in the yards of people who that's good own the yards that's good yeah that yeah. matters people say well that's a person who supports candidate x mm-hmm. yard signs on roadsides or municipal property are not they are useless and meaningless visual garbage. I would like you to say that to the face of that highway median, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I would scream that at a highway median. Listen, I'm going to scream that at highway medians uh, next week when they're still littered with garbage meaningless uh-huh. signs. I'll, start- I'll have somebody take a video of me doing that. There are still there are still signs from last year's election, like just floating out in the wild yeah, in New York yeah. County. In the ether, mm-hmm. in the ether, yeah. because they don't belong to anyone. Right. Aren't there still billboards up from like two years ago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, probably. You Which know, it tells you how valuable billboard space is. The, the B side of that. that yeah. Is, there's a there's a uh sub hacks. Sub hacks. Mm-hmm is people who go to campaigns and have a mental breakdown about needing X amount of signs. I need the signs. We need the signs. My county needs the signs, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out that they all went on roadways. Mm-hmm. You did not need the signs. No. The signs are for voters. I have almost always gotten too many signs. I would strongly prefer to run out of signs than to have too many because you know what happens? Then at the end of the election season, and at the end of that year, I'm going to be throwing away or recycling, depending on the type of sign, the actual sign part. And then I will have boxes upon boxes of yard sign frames. I can't explain to you how many frames we have. So many. Just throw them away, people. Just throw them away. Take them to a junkyard, a scrap, something. Those wickets are heavy, too. 
They're heavy. Yeah. They're heavy, unwieldy things to have in your life. They are. That is real. Um, that's so real. Um, Angela, do you want to go? You want me to go? I got a couple things. I can. Okay, do go it. for it. I got a couple things. Um, thing A. Um, yeah. candidates who decide to negatively campaign but then do so poorly like i gotta tell you if you're gonna go negative be serious about it don't be half-assed don't do it without your name on it don't send it in like mysterious rat fucking texts just own it just go negative and do it well People yeah. respect that. So that's one. That yeah. it literally drives me nuts. Just either, you know. Yeah. Don't be a little bitch it. about it. No, no. Get out there. Do it. Do it. Put your name on it. Go hard. And uh, B, um, my other hex is, is kind of an interesting one because I, I want to hex folks both candidates and within the campaign staff consultancy world who are unwilling to retool when things aren't going well, you know, who commit to a bit and then don't ever stop to think, is this working? Is what my opponent is doing? Has that shifted? Um, is the narrative shifting is what is being said about me, you know, um, kind of getting away from where we thought the message box was, you have to do this stuff. And like, there have been, there were multiple high profile races that, that I feel that didn't happen. This cycle that resulted in losses that didn't have to be, um, And it, it's because they were, they they lacked whether it was the nimbleness or the you know just the introspection to go like, hey, this is running away from us, and we need to retool. You know, we have to suck it up and see what's happening here, and you know adjust the sales. Um, so hex on that, hex on that, because every one of these races is very very important. So. And you can't yeah, let I think ego. you can't let ego or pigheadedness get in the way of winning. No, absolutely not. And I think it's just very like, listen, sticking to a bit works in like comedy. Okay. Um, so like sometimes something's not funny, and then it's just like they keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and because it's been done so many times, it becomes ridiculous. Um, and it's absurdist and that's what makes it funny um but that doesn't work in politics just like doing the same thing over and over and over again doesn't change it politics is not data no no uh yes okay so i'm gonna be real quick i have a, a serious hex um and then we're gonna we're gonna talk until talk about something really funny um so this is my serious hex um in the course of my job as a union organizer, I very often have to look at the healthcare plans that my members have. Um, and an adjustment happened at a facility that put the family insurance for a part-time worker. So if you are a part-time worker at this place, and let's say for whatever reason, as a part-time worker, you are carrying the insurance for your family. The cost of that insurance, over $900 a pay. That's more than a part-time worker makes in a pay for the most part. Um, and uh, what I did discover is that thanks to the CARE Act, or the CARES Act, um, there was an adjustment made within the Affordable Care Act, wherein under the original Affordable Care Act, right, like you, if your employer gave you insurance, you don't get to go on the, you don't get to go on the marketplace. You're just screwed. You get the shitty insurance you get. Um, 
under the CARES Act, an adjustment was made to like actually take into account affordability. And so under this, if you look at the amount of money that your family, so like if you have two, like if you have partners and you both have jobs, you have to take in both of your incomes into account. Um, and you say, this is how much we make a year. Multiply that by 0.0839, which is 8.39%. That is the maximum amount of money that you should be paying for insurance in the course of a year. If you are paying more than that, you are eligible to get insurance on the marketplace for less. Um, and that that's great. That's great. But I would just like to remind you all that I work with health care workers in hospitals. If you work in a hospital, and it, I mean, I just, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, just pay for their care. The they shouldn't have to pay anything. The fact that healthcare is so broken that a hospital can't provide affordable healthcare to its own employees kind of seems like a glaring fucking problem. Well, yeah. And I mean, like the this issue comes up a lot. And frankly, like, um, you know, UPMC has this issue all over the place where like if you as like an individual see insurance through like your company or whatever um, or on the marketplace, even um, it, it's going to be affordable. Um, it's going to be pretty good insurance. If you're an employee of UPMC, LOL, it is uh, it sucks. Um, so uh, just an absolute fucking hex an absolute fucking hex on the american healthcare system yes i did actually just change where my internet was coming from so that i could properly yell at you about this and it's not at you my listeners i'm just yelling at the american healthcare system but fuck this shit it's stupid it's so it, it, it's cruel it's stupid and it's cruel and i hate it and that is all um so listen i said i promised that next we would have something funny and um and we're delivering and so this is actually uh, an idea courtesy of our very own laura burke commissioner laura burke who's going into a second Woo! term Woo! Yay! um the types of voters that you see at a polling place <laughs> This is going to get interesting. Yeah. I mean, some of the suggestions, we can start with the um, <clears throat> loudly announcing party to everyone voter. Uh, yeah. It's like, like so as in one. you're walking through, people are trying to hand you lit and you go, I'm a Democrat. 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 Loud on through. <laughs> Democrat. Democrat. <laughs> There's that one. There's also, and this is, I admit, this is like, there is an 80-year-old that lives deep inside me, and I am kind of this voter. It's yeah. the um, uh, the nail, like, why don't we get nail files anymore from candidates? <laughs> no, what they say, they do it like this. They take whatever you, you have yeah. to give them. They look at yeah. it and they say, why doesn't anybody hand out nail files anymore? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's oh, up there. Yeah. yeah. I have literally oh, never seen Why doesn't everybody? Yeah. I might have a niche collection of very old nail files <laughs> and pencils. Uh I think we should bring it back. Let's bring it like back. Like they're real yes. old. Like I get excited. Like yeah. Yeah. I'm not against bring it. it. Back, I've just never seen it. Well, you never saw the little no. judicial ones that are a gavel nail files that are a gavel. No. Oh my. Oh, Pat Dugan are, had like, nail files. It was the only good thing about his campaign. I have like notepads <laughs> and like shitty like what was it? there was like a magnifying glass somebody sent me one time mm, got one like of those magnets ones. like that's all i my ever get my favorite my favorite is the letter openers like square wallet letter openers because oh, i'm a i get paper nice. cuts. yeah um the the other types of voters we have the take it immediately and put it in the trash person 
as well. Yeah. The, oh, that's like the bonus corner. points if you put it in the trash in front of the people right that handed in it front to you. Of them. Yes. Make eye contact with them while you do it. Um, this I like the the nervous smile and nod and just take the stuff and run because they're afraid to have a conversation. I am an avoider on the ta- um, days when I'm not yeah. like spiteful. Like my phone yeah. place is real bad, so I vote by mail now because fuck all those people. But like, uh-huh. it's real bad. They're like they like accost you as you walk in, and so on days that I don't have the the like mental fortitude to take the shit. Yeah and deliberately rip it up in front of them and throw it in the trash i just Uh beeline right past these fuckers yeah i kind of i don't know i haven't i've been voting by mail since that's been an option um because um well in large part because i always um i spend the day at the Blair Dems office on election day. And so in order to get there at 7 a.m. when the polls are open, so that I could be there to take people's phone calls in case they have issues. Um I do the mail-in ballots, but uh I I'm usually the I'm good. I know who I'm voting for voter. Uh because I don't want your garbage. And I'm fine. Um, I have a very unpopular stance here in that i hate voting in person i hate it like i don't want to talk to anyone even the people that are there for us like even the nice little old ladies who are there working the democratic table like good for you lady i got shit to do i fucking hate everyone like just don't talk to me just let me do my civic duty so i could sleep at night but then also like (laughs) stop trying to make me like you like no just stop is it because I'm a teacher and I spend all day trying to be nice to people that like Pro- by the time probably over, I think like, so everyone I shut th- the fuck up <laughs> I yeah. think so too because it should come as no surprise that I am the I am the small talking how about this weather how's your kid <laughs> how's your kid how's your grandkid oh <laughs> Thanks. I will have a cookie kind of okay moment. well I love I mean, you I will stay at that polling place I will stay at a polling place for a half an hour. Uh, no. You said you said cookie. Cookie. My polling cookie. place has a soup sale yeah. from the women's club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it is the best. That's what I'm talking about. I like a, a nice, I like a, a good homey polling place experience. I want there to be some kind of fundraiser happening. I want I I want people to ask me how my parents are, you know? Um and uh I don't know. I don't understand. I get excited. I'm, I'm like I'm excited you. to go vote. I'm like time to go vote, babies. Oh, I really so I really think it's because I'm a teacher because like I spend all day with people just asking me fucking questions all the time. But like I just don't want to I don't I don't want to know how your mom not you you guys I, I love you I love your moms but like <laughs> I don't want to know how people's families are unless I really want to know and then I'll ask you but like probably if you're some rando lady I only see twice a year in this very exact location <laughs> I don't know that I care so like I suck I totally listen I am I'm waiting for the hate to come my way when this episode it's okay airs. listen and I'm Angela, okay with it yeah Angela Angela said um the magic word which is weather because that's another kind of person the uh oh wow beautiful weather today right or like oh man so rainy today how long are you guys out here they call uh, that small talk Jillian that's, that's I know people, I know that is but it's a specific kind it's a specific kind of small talk yeah like it's, it's the, the weather time. it's the easy it's the time. it is the this is the lowest level of i yeah. can get in on weather uh-huh because yeah. that's the lowest level of uh-huh. small talk i <laughs> i know social, what the weather is social lubricant for the fake dicks it's amazing uh, thank uh, you shanna what? for the setup uh, that's not that was such go. a stretch that was such Shut a stretch I got it in. You could I have waited it. until later in the episode to get I a better setup than that. I got it in. That is all that matters. I. It's over. Disappointing. Now. 
It's disappointing. Listen, we were on a roll. We were on a roll. I will say. And and then you stopped the roll. I know. Shanna or Jillian, though, have you ever used your children to avoid poll greeters? Um, we've taken Elliot to vote with us before, but like I said, I'm like Jillian, I haven't voted in person since we were allowed to vote by mail. And I yeah, have zero yeah. intentions of ever voting in person again, as long as I can vote by mail. Um, so we have taken him when he was younger because he liked to get the sticker, but I didn't feel like I had to use him as a shield. I felt like people naturally no. left me alone when they saw I had a small child. Honestly, if anything, when I took Serena to the polling place with me and like, this is like not since she was much smaller. Um, if anything, that made me talk to people more because they were so excited to see a small child at a polling place. Yes, that's that's my that's my takeaway on that one too because I brought my three the entire time until they were in high school and um, no, that's just a, that's an attention grabber, you know. Yeah, there's more small talk to have when you got kids. That's right. And, who and doesn't my have small talk talk about kids depends on yeah. your kids. And like Angela, your kids are so cute. My child had gorge has gorgeous red hair. Mm-hmm. My I kid mean, would shut frankly, that shit down. <laughs> yeah, Elliot would be like, no, thank you. He would be like this. He would literally stand there and be like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my kids were like. Can for we, for we those of you, you listening, Shannon was flipping off the camera. <laughs> yes. No, no, my children were like, can can we talk to you and tell you all about Barack Obama? That's so cute. Um my my child is not obviously not that old, um, but I do have a picture of her in a white onesie that we wrote "I heart Obama" on. Um, we made her merch because at the time we were quite poor. <laughs> I love that. Um, I but yes, uh, yeah. I mean, so like, listen, if we have not covered a type of voter that you have seen at a polling place. Um, you should let us know, um, you know, tweet at us or whatever, tell us about it, um, because we would love to hear. Uh, and I'm sure that we will have heard of or seen some type of voter that is like that before, because, um, there, there are a lot of characters out there. Um, so listen, I think now it's time to get to the special guest and i think in this particular instance katie is uniquely qualified to introduce her well, yes. katie, why don't you do that yes i am um conveniently there's like websites and i can do this uh quickly and appropriately instead of in a more amusing and sarcastic fashion today we have molly parson who is the executive director of conservation voters of pennsylvania molly has worked at cvpa for over 10 years previously serving as the assistant director and the development director. Um, She is now the executive director. We're glad to have her. Um, Before working at CPA, she was a campaign manager and a finance director for political campaigns in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, I am, Molly talks about her alma mater too much, Um, but she enjoys, enjoys spending her time with her cats, learning ballet and traveling. I will also add to that bio that she enjoys wine and loves fashion and has a unique love of corgis. And that should also be in her bio <laughs> as well. So <laughs> welcome Molly and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Katie, for the wonderful welcome. And thank you everyone. I'm so excited to be on. This is my first podcast ever. So I'm uh, incredibly <laughs> honored and um not planning to listen to it though because I cannot stand the sound of my own voice. Um, so, uh, but I'm excited to be here, Molly. Yes. Katie, I don't Katie also doesn't like to listen for that reason. Uh, yeah, I don't listen. Same thing. <laughs> I listen to pick up on all the things that people tell me that I said that I don't remember saying. Yeah. Yeah. If I um, if I wanted to to really, you know learn and grow as a person and self-evaluate and be reflective i think maybe i would but seems hard who is learning and growing as a person is overrated <laughs> is what i think who has time for that i mean we're all therapy so well why not i mean okay fine but you know we don't have to be all therapeutic about it uh... listen 
let's just skip right to like the the question the question what molly is your top line take on how election night turned out because it was wild yeah thank you um top line take i'm really excited um I think there's a lot of work that we're all going to do over the next couple months, diving into the specifics, uh, who voted, where they voted, where were our expectations met and where weren't they met. But I think overall, this election was a really resounding win for progressive issues everywhere across the state. Um, from our issues, uh, pro-environment and pro-democracy issues to uh, issues like choice, I think it was really demonstrated the strength of the winning coalition that we're able to put together on those issues. I think this election also really further demonstrated the power of choice as a mobilizing issue in a post-Roe world. I think we've seen that in a lot of the ballot initiatives. We saw that last night in Ohio, we had seen it previously um, in a couple of other places. And I think this election, the narrative was very much about choice at the Supreme Court level. Um, And I think that really demonstrated that it is a potent, potent issue for progressives heading into 2024. I also would love to point out another kind of narrative thread from this election that I think is really relevant to raise because it particularly, uh, it was one of our narrative threads. Um, The outsized influence of billionaires and corporate polluters, I think, was a really effective narrative throughout this race, and not just the Supreme Court race, but I think a lot of other races across the state as well. I think we're all familiar with the name Jeffrey Yass, uh, Pennsylvania's very own billionaire. Um, He tried to buy a lot of seats and influence a lot of races with his unlimited resources this year. And largely he was unsuccessful. And I think that that is something we really need to think a lot about and hone in on. I think this is a winning populist narrative for us that the voters matter here, not the will of a single or a handful of billionaires and their corporate allies. That was something really powerful that I think at multiple levels throughout this election came through for me in the results. If you look at school boards all the way on up to the Supreme Court, I think that this fight around who gets to determine who represents us was really evident throughout. I think that this win, these wins last night overall set us up incredibly well for 2024. I think having uh, maintained that seat on the Supreme Court sets us up for 2024 electoral challenges for fights around our constitutional rights for clean air and clean water. It even sets us up well for the next fight around redistricting, uh, you know, just under 10 years from now. And so I think there's really long-term impacts for what we were able to achieve last night that I'm really excited about. And the one other thing I would love to point out is I think that we keep hearing this narrative about an incoming red wave. Um, We heard this narrative last year and it didn't materialize. I think a lot of people thought that might happen this year. You had Moms for Liberty and a bunch of those really local grassroots extremist groups trying to take over these school boards. And in a lot of places, they were unsuccessful, especially in bellwether counties like Bucks County, that I think we all really look to heading into a presidential year for how the electorate is thinking and feeling. You also had these big national polls coming down in the last couple of days showing these, you know, Biden leading, uh, trailing rather by dramatic amounts and they freaked everybody out. But then I think when you when you get down to brass tacks and you look at the results of these elections, I think we have a lot to be optimistic about. We have a lot to be positive about. And I think we have a tremendous amount of momentum heading into what's going to be an absolutely critical year. So it's a long-winded way of saying I'm really excited. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think there was certainly a lot to be excited about last night. That's for sure. Well, we can't let up, uh, you know, pedal to the, Pedal to the ground still. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wanna I wanna mention something just so I don't forget later in the episode, but um we have such a Pennsylvania specific lens that um I wanted to point out to our listeners that our very own Batman villain Jeffrey Yoss, he 
also, he also put a shit ton of money in the the race against Andy Bashir. And he got his ass handed from <laughs> that one too. And so he was heavily invested in Virginia, I believe, as well. So yes, I totally agree. It was a real rebuke across the country of the idea that one billionaire can step in and and buy elections. Does does he just have like a kink about getting his ass kicked like i'm just he like not sure waste what his, his deal money is. i mean he could pay off my loans he I could mean... i don't know solve world hunger he could get a penis enlargement i mean whatever makes him better <laughs> able to sleep at night i guess Wait, do that gonna... and buy elections i mean remember <laughs> these visuals on what a billion dollars looks like you know yeah yeah it's true <laughs> it's so true Anyway, I just oh, wanted to point out how severe, how severe the ass kicking. It, yeah. No, that's real. That's real. The, the, yeah, Scott was. Billions. Billions. And love it so much for him. Um, so with that said, um, and I know that I do not uh, regularly talk about this, and I think the work that all of us who host this podcast do there are sometimes things that we talk about or cannot talk about on this podcast when we are talking about elections. And some of our listeners know this, some of our listeners definitely don't know this kind of stuff, but um, I know this because I work with you, but what is a firewall? What is an independent expenditure and how does this work? Because while some of us are working with candidates in day out knocking doors there's a whole other phase to campaigns that are happening sometimes behind the scenes and you see those ads on television yeah this is a great question i think something really interesting that a um kind of the average observer um doesn't really even realize is happening very much behind the scenes purposefully and legally behind the scenes so um uh, Brief disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. If you are interested in running an independent expenditure campaign, please talk to your lawyer. I'd also like to give a shout out to my lawyer, who is amazing, who I've worked with for over 12 years and has taught me everything I know. And yet also, I still call him at the start of every election season and have him remind me, remind me again what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do. So that's my disclaimer. There are... Um, a firewall is a legal term that refers to a separation internally within an organization between folks who are working on the coordinated side and the independent expenditure side. So what do all those terms mean? If you are working on the coordinated side, that means you're working directly with candidates, their campaigns, their staff, their consultants. It means that if Katie was running for office and I wanted my organization to support her and I was on the coordinated side, I could call Katie up and say, Katie, I have some money for you. How would you like to use it? I can write you a direct check. Or I can call her up and say, Katie, I got a bunch of volunteers that are really excited to knock doors. What turf are you covering over the next couple of weeks? We'd love to fill in a gap and cover some turf that you're not going to be able to hit with your campaign. I can talk to her staff. I can talk to her. I can talk to her consultants. We can share information back and forth. If I'm on the independent side, I can't do any of that. I am flying blind, so to speak. I'm not able to talk to the candidate or their staff or, in fact, any shared consultants. Um, and I am not allowed to know any non-public information. And so what does that mean? The way I kind of explain it to my staff is, can you Google it? So let's say there's a new poll that the candidate, Katie in this case, uh, is releasing and they put it up on their website. Katie sent out a press release and said, look, our poll numbers are looking really fantastic. That is public information. I can look on her website and I can see it and I can say, oh, great. That's really good to know. And look, she did some message testing in this poll and it seems like with her voters, environmental issues are really resonating. So that's great. I'm going to take that information. I'm going to run with it. However, if she never put that up on her website, if she didn't make it public, if she didn't put out a press release, but instead she told a volunteer who then told me, 
I can't know that information. That is not public. It's not in the internet. It's not in the newspaper. It's not on the TV. It's not public, publicly accessible. And the only way I would know that is if I was coordinating directly with the campaign. So we have these two camps. We have coordinator, we have IE. In order to demonstrate that we are conducting ourselves without reproach and above board and ethically sound, we establish internally something called a firewall. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is supposed to prevent information from flowing across from the coordinated side to the independent side or vice versa. When we say independent in the independent expenditure, it truly has to be independent. And so all of the work that happens, all the decisions, the strategic decisions that get made about messaging and targeting and tactics, those all have to be made in some ways in the dark from what the candidate is doing. So if I'm over on the IE side and I have $100,000 and I wanna figure out what to do with it, all I can do is look at the publicly available information. I can run my own polls. I can talk to other people who are on the independent expenditure side about what they may know, but I can't call the candidate and I uh, cannot talk to their staff and, and ask them, how should I best use this money? So we set these firewalls up internally in order to reinforce for all of the staff that are involved in elections at every level to make sure that they are keeping information where it should be housed and not breaking any laws. And so the that's kind of what it is. I think a big question people have is why do we do it? That sounds really complicated. And honestly, my staff will tell you it's really frustrating and confusing sometimes to try and follow all of these rules and remember what you can and can't do. So why do we even bother? The It comes down to money, um, as do many things. Uh, Pennsylvania has no campaign finance limits, but we do have one big rule, and that comes into play here, which is that corporations are prohibited from donating directly to candidates or their committees or their political action committees. And so when I say a corporation, I don't necessarily mean Walmart or Comcast. Sure, maybe. I also mean any entity that is legally incorporated. So my organization is a legally incorporated entity. Big national organizations, labor unions are legally incorporated entities, and they are prohibited from donating directly to a candidate. So what do they do when they want to engage in elections? What do big advocacy groups in the state nationally do when they want to engage in elections? They have to direct their funding into an independent expenditure committee. And so it's really just comes down to spending different types of money and what type of money you're able to accept. Often when you're fundraising for your electoral work, as I do every year, it's much easier to raise independent expenditure money. It comes in the form of large, often six or seven figure checks from big national groups or donor alliances. Labor unions can contribute that money into an independent expenditure. Whereas if you are coordinating with candidates, if you're on the coordinated side and raising that type of money, you're raising from individual people. And unless you have someone like Jeffrey Yass on your team, you're often raising those in smaller dollar amounts. So I hope that's uh, helpful in kind of explaining the why behind why we set up these really complicated um, systems to do this there is a benefit. Yeah, I think that that's really helpful because I know, you know, so many people don't really understand, you know, the difference between IE and coordinated and where that money goes. And, you know, I think lots of people like to talk about dark money. Ooh. Very spooky. Um, but not necessarily a bad thing. Yes, I think I think like anything, there's a duality. Dark money is is light money if it's your money, and it's dark money if it's the other side's money, and they feel the exact <laughs> same way about us, you know. And so I think that the reality in which we operate in is a is a Citizens United reality where dark money is a thing, and and for the foreseeable future will likely be a thing in politics. And I think as progressives, we need to use that to our advantage. It is the reality we live in. And we cannot let, you know, people that don't share our values outpace us when it comes to using all the tools in our tool belt to win critical races.
It's just finger pointing going on. So I don't know um, who she's pointing at though. I don't know either. Cause we're all in different places on each other's squares on each other's I screens. Know. Molly, it's true though, isn't it? That Pennsylvania is uniquely complicated when it comes to campaign finance and, and, um, legality though. Yes. And yes. And no, in some ways, absolutely. In some ways we're the wild, wild west. Um, we're one of the only remaining states that have absolutely no um, dollar amount limits on campaign finance contributions. Um, before people come in the comments for me, that the exceptions are places like Philadelphia, some major cities that do have limits on contributions. But for statewide races, someone like Jeffrey S. can come in and he could donate a billion dollars with a B if he so chose to. Um, that is that is somewhat rare across the country. Um, but yes, you look at a place like Virginia. Virginia, for example, has anybody can coordinate with anyone. And IE could, there's no IEs because anybody can use any kind of money to talk to anyone. And so, in that way, it is easier than here. But I think that creates its own set of complications. And so, I think, you know, our system, I think that we have, uh, uh, figured out how to use our system to our advantage, but it's not uncomplicated. And that's why we have lawyers. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's wild to think that I, I always think it's fascinating to look at other states and, and, and be like, oh, wow. Like, how does that even work? Yeah. You know, how does that even work? Because we are so used to working within our own system. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Shanna. Yes. You were you came off mute earlier. I was pointing oh. like at anyone earlier, by the way. Well, yeah, okay, because I was gonna do number four, which is um because this IE stuff is all fascinating, but also like I don't have to do that shit. So I was just curious. <laughs> uh <laughs> what are some of your favorite moments from campaigns this year? Go. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, um, it's a school night. I'm so tired. I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing so good, babe. <laughs> uh, if that was aimed at me, I'm happy to go. Go for um, it. I, I had a couple um, speaking on the subject of an IE. Um, often uh, there is a lot of coordination amongst the folks that are doing independent expenditure work. And um that has been really wonderful. There were two kind of coordinating spaces that I was at this year that brought a lot of um, intelligence and strategy and camaraderie to uh, what is always a very difficult and stressful process. And um, it helps when you win. So uh, participating in there and being able to learn from and coordinate with colleagues across the state who care about the same races as, as you do uh, is always wonderful. Uh, I personally got out on the doors and knocked some doors this year for the first time in a long, long time. It is not my favorite thing to do, which is why I do my job and I not the job of a field director, but it was a joy to, to be out there with our team knocking doors and talking to actual voters um, after so many years of the pandemic and sitting behind, you know, doing this whole job from behind a computer screen. Um, there's real value and joy in getting out there and doing it in person. Um, and overall, I one of my favorite things about this election year was um, something Katie always says is that there were no off years. And I think that they're uh, being able to talk to national organizations and donors and stakeholders about why this year mattered and to build that narrative and tell the story that like, no Pennsylvania election exists on its own. They are all connected and we have to win this year to set ourselves up to win next year and the year after that and redistricting 10 years from now. And to be able to like weave that story for people who control the resources and to have then be so gratified to have raised the most money we've ever raised for an off-year election uh, was just uh, incredibly exciting for me. That's awesome. How about those Philly races? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a I'm a Philly resident. Um, I've been I've lived here for a long time now. And um, you know, as a Philadelphian taking off my my conservation voters of Pennsylvania hat, 
I'm thrilled about the Working Families Party candidates. I think that, uh, you know, Philadelphia has a very unique uh, charter and way of doing business. And I think that it was incredibly uh, strategic for working families to come in and to secure those seats. Um, and uh, I think in general, it provides a really interesting roadmap for the future of a less of a system less beholden to two parties. I think younger voters are much less beholden to a namesake party and um, having working families come in and uh, and be so successful uh, was really, really exciting. It'll be interesting to see what this new council and new mayor can accomplish together that previous iterations could not. There has been a lot of change but running a city like Philadelphia that has, you know, its fair share, as most cities do, of challenges, it's a really, really hard job. And it's become even harder over the last few years. And so, you know, I think there are tremendous opportunities coming down the line for big cities um, to speak about my work in particular, the Inflation Reduction Act funding that's going to be coming for climate resiliency and environmental justice communities and for upgrading infrastructure is so, so important in big cities. We often, when we think about the environment, we think about green spaces and open space and babbling brooks and um but the work that this funding uh can support in our cities is so so critical and i say that as a philadelphian and as someone who cares about finding climate change and uh so i'm excited and and hopeful that this new council and new mayor will take the fullest advantage of this kind of one-time transformational opportunity with this federal money coming down the line. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I love what I, I can't, I can't fathom a world in which it makes sense to hand those minority party seats to the Republicans. When you it don't doesn't make to. sense. It it I mean, I, I cannot, there's, there's zero logic around it. And when, the when, Republicans who, um, I would like to point out that I believe today is the, is the anniversary of the, um, four seasons <laughs> landscaping. Oh my God. We want those people on city council. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, 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 no. That fucking but guy. I think, I think we have to pivot to the Western side of the state that's what i was doing i was getting there they're like, in a marauder hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna start with the negative here a little bit a little bit Blue. and then end on the happy why you gotta okay, be that fine. way i'm sorry but fucking steve zapala yeah fucking steve, steve zapala it sucks fuck that guy it sucks it's awful that's horrible he's awful no, he's a terrible, 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 terrible man. Yeah. Do you guys remember when he ran for attorney general? I do. I do. Josh yeah. Shapiro kicked his ass. I'm just saying. Josh Shapiro kicked his ass. Listen, I was a baby uh, county chair at the time, and I did not know. Um, but listen, hindsight being 2020, boy, his campaign manager, I'm not going to say the name, but some of us know the name. <laughs> um and listen if you're in our patreon discord we'll dish but i'm not gonna get into it we already did now. dish in there <laughs> yeah no we'll dish some more um okay. I don't a lot of dishing the, this is a good reason this is a good reason to become a patreon subscriber this It'll, is a good reason to become a patreon subscriber especially the like, stuff that's it, too yeah. spicy you get all the yeah. stuff that's too spicy yeah absolutely um, I, I i have to you know I, i'm i'm really sad i'm sad about that race yeah. um i'm not gonna lie i wish that dugan would have went negative hard hard yeah very hard go hard no no ladies on scooters no being a nice guy in the ads just mm -mm. literally slit his throat um because yeah. The stakes were so high. Yeah. The stakes were so high and it's a DA race. No one wants a nice person. No. It's like the most serious, crappy race that you can run, you know? Yeah. And I will share one thing on the subject of independent expenditures. That's often 
the role and the lane mm-hmm. for an independent expenditure is to do That's true, yeah. work. I think, you know, some of you have been candidates before or currently candidates. I imagine if I was a candidate, I would have the same issue. It's it's really, it feels hard to go negative. And, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, candidates are humans like the rest of us. And um, I think some struggle with the idea of going as hard negative as we need to in kind of our hyper-partisan challenging electoral climate. And so often that can be a really solid lane for the independent expenditure to take and to really drive home that negative narrative and the yeah. candidate who's willing to do that. And I'm not sure that that existed in this race. I We didn't endorse her, so I wasn't particularly paying no i mean that's true like i don't know what independent expenditures were not really as someone who loves yeah yeah i uh i i love that lane for the ie world (laughs) um all of that being said you know zapala himself um went extraordinarily horrifically slanderously negative and yeah. dare I say and I don't even care I'm, I will come out and say it this George Soros baiting is like so borderline anti-semitic I can't take it no, I think we can say it's actually anti-semitic okay good yeah I think it's just flat out anti-semitic okay. yeah so so yeah I mean he went like straight George Soros anti-semitic and wow um I, you know I would have liked to have seen a much stronger response to that shit um, yeah Especially because the candidate was a dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Not to be that guy, but dudes I'm have be much that more guy. freedom to be assholes like that. Ain't nobody gonna say jack shit. Ain't, well, nobody who fucking knows any better to a dude yeah. candidate who like comes out swinging, right? But yeah. I did. I struggled with that a little bit. Like I didn't want my name to be the one on the thing because, you know, Mike Regan was saying whatever absolute bullshit he could think of. To say, he put me on a mailer with um bernie sanders and aoc and i was like okay but that's cool though could i actually hang and, out with them and also like i couldn't like in some situation like what was i gonna do like um the dirt on regan is that he fucks everyone who works for him in his office right but like i couldn't say that as a candidate i couldn't right now and as a candidate he made yeah. an ad where he literally like called attention to the fact that he didn't know his own children's names and couldn't find milk in his own refrigerator so like i forgot all about what that could i say that's more negative than his own stupidity do you know the what i mean but i don't think men say about themselves so but in this case because he's yeah. a dude like anti-patriarchy that shit and just fucking like yeah i'm not gonna say slit his throat um, annihilate well, i'm not him. gonna not say it yeah like yeah not up man i don't know there's a time for whacking and there's a time for not whacking and this was the time for whacking i guess we're a mob now <laughs> welcome to elwood city bitch first of all i'm here for it coven mafia <laughs> We should right. probably be positive now because yes. yes let's get positive before we try to murder more people um <laughs> <laughs> um listen i will not be stopped any longer sarah namorado is going to be the county executive of allegheny county and that race was closer than i wanted it to be but she won and fucking yeah that was my girl i like watching her over the years and for our regular listeners you know she was a season one guest who that's has right friend of the dressed, pod sarah Amarato. dressed up as steely mcbeam before his name was steely mcbeam um i want her to bring steely mcbeam out one of these days um <laughs> I mean, today she already met the first lady who flew I in mean. Pittsburgh. Made me want to cry. Uh, I I couldn't be more proud, and I'm so 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 happy for so many reasons. I would just say also when she when she like was like yeah we won. She was wearing um a like a labor. Uh, a shirt that celebrated organized labor and so I love her so much you guys oh. 
well, we're gonna have her back on. We're gonna have to have her back on. We will. Um, we will because yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Sarah, obviously good. Um, what else could happen? Oh, Berks County had some action. Berks County came in 50-50, Luzerne County. By the way, yeah. shout out to our friend Alicia up in Luzerne for all of her badassery on getting four county council seats, uh, preventing some, you know, anti-democracy bullshit up there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but, friend know, of the pod. Friend of the pod, friend Rock of- Copeland. Friend of the pod, Rock Friend of the pod, Rock Copeland. Woo, Rock! Woo! He did it. Erie County Council. Love yep. it. Yeah. I, I tell you what, we had, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Other friend of the pod and former guest, Dr. Tyler Titus, City Council, Erie. That's right. Listen, our friends are doing big things all over. Uh, Bethany Hallam, back for a second term. Whoop, whoop. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's, listen. We've set the stage, and especially like you were, we were talking um, places like Lucerne and Berkson and Erie, where we need to do so well next year. And like these results are so huge. There's there's something a little bigger. Oh, I was gonna than, say. Than are we just gonna skip over that races. or? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I don't think we should skip over it. Um, but but maybe something statewide. I, I'm I'm maybe four I'm something. Struggling, struggling oh, is it four Sweet. somethings? Sweet. You know, here's something Sweet. that frankly, number one, um, Molly had mentioned the fact that pro- that the choice um abortion rights um is a very big uh, issue. Much to Carolyn Carluccio's chagrin, am I right? shoot also two other friends of the pod in um judge tamika lane Lane the superior court we did we did night caucus court with the two of them and i kind of want to see if maybe maybe they can come back before they're sworn in oh god we'll see because maybe we can do like round two of night caucus court with both of them i was gonna say we get them at the same time yeah 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 We'll see. Yeah, we'll that see. was so fun. I'm gonna get like the biggest beef in my middle school and see how they would rule. <laughs> which which clique of mean girls is right? <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Oh, um, I, I do yeah. want to for longtime listeners. I I want to I want to go back to season one and I want to remind them of the fact that uh, long time friend of our hearts, uh, Maria McLaughlin, uh, promised to dye her hair. Yes. And the color of our, of our listeners choosers, if she won, unfortunately that didn't happen. And now I just want to say that I'm a little regretful that we did not, um, get that kind of commitment. We should have. So we should have. About just like a, a little reminder as much hair as, as the others but you know McCaffrey uh, yeah can we get Dan McCaffrey to dye his hair green because he's Irish <laughs> how about we say for the environment <laughs> or the environment or red white and blue because it'd look real good on that motorcycle oh yeah on that motorcycle room oh my goodness listen okay there are so many races we haven't touched on even remotely all of them. Katie's making a little motion. I I have to ask the last question. Okay, yes, you I'm may ask scream. the last question. That's where we're going. So Katie's going to ask the last question. Hopefully she's prepped our guest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um. So... As you know, because we had you listen to it while we were waiting to start, uh, you have heard the Pennsylvania State song. I have, and I can't um, hear it. Exactly. <laughs> that is the proper reaction. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, former guest, Mary Jo Daly, chair of the House Tourism Committee, right? Uh, she got through a, a resolution from Joe Cerisi to... Um, have a commission for a new yeah. state song 
Um, yes. We have a vision for the state song uh, that we will have a campaign. It's called Penavision, like Eurovision. Every yeah. county gets to do things, you know. Each county has a song, like Philadelphia could have the Eagles and a dancing sparkly pretzel. Steely McBean can come out and, ooh, surprise, it's Sarah Inamorato singing or something. Yeah. Um, Bob Casey could judge this competition for the new no, song. I think we decided that Bob Casey was going to be like... Oh, the announcer. The, like, yeah, the MC. Yeah. Um, but given the your people, role... The people have to choose... The yes. people choose what's the new song. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, Katie, I believe that having a better state song is good for the environment of Pennsylvania. <laughs> you said it. I mean, yes, probably given this current state song. But usually <laughs> we ask our guests, um, you know, especially the elected officials, you know, will you support voting on a new state song? So in your capacity, this question is twofold. One, would you run an advocacy campaign to change the song? And two, am I allowed to lobby on company time for a new <laughs> state song? Great, great questions. Um, sure, I would consider that. Um, uh, I, uh, if, 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 if if our members and our donors and our board were interested in conservation voters of Pennsylvania advocating on behalf of a new state song, we determined that to be strategic. I would be honored to run an independent expenditure or an advocacy campaign aimed at getting that done. Um, and Katie will talk about it in our one-on-one -on -one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Katie out here about to get disciplined for her sauciness. <laughs> like, this is the issue of our time. It really. is. This is the issue of our time. Beep, 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 beep. Breaking news. Breaking news. Ooh. Ooh. Breaking Panavision news. So yeah. I have an update for our listeners. Oh my gosh. There is something you can do to move forward the state song commission there is one man one man standing in the way <gasps> who there is always one man standing in the way and who is this man but we have identified the man and that man is state senator chris dash oh God hell no no, no, don't, Hell don't, no. don't, don't, Of yeah. course he we is. We gotta be good. We're gonna be, we're gonna be good. We're gonna be, we're gonna be good. Okay, we're right, gonna well, start. If we good. have to be good. You're on your. We're gonna own. start polite. Polite. He's he's my state senator. Well, he's my state senator. Then guess what? Chip chop because we're gonna give you his contact information on Twitter so that you uh -huh. can reach out to State Senator Chris Dash. Yeah. And ask him to run this important issue in the Senate. Yeah. Dear Senator Dush, as a music educator with absolutely no political agenda whatsoever, who does not <laughs> use a litter box in school and who <laughs> is not distributing pornography to middle schoolers, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I like it. What the fuck? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like that is that nice enough yes um yeah 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 i think sort that'll of work. along the lines i think yeah. yeah i mean but then you got to follow that up with what you actually want him to do yeah please run this bill please jump please off a cliff bill. after you run this bill <laughs> jana this is not gonna get us anywhere jesus no, That's why i'm not gonna send the email jump off a cliff is the next step <laughs> um, we're just not there yet we're not, we're not there, there yet. yet i'm More i'm no doubt We'll get there but you gotta wait um uh as any good union organizer would tell you you have to escalate that, that was that was going straight to the end escalate yeah you can't skip right to the end wait a minute so jillian who started this with motherfucker <laughs> listen I, that is how i feel about him however i mean i'm not gonna send him an email i'm not in his district and also like I'm isn't me. his district like the whole northwestern yes. corner of the state yes. okay where does this yes. man live um is he in ridgeway oh, where's he Jefferson from? So. county doesn't is he, he ridgeway 
He's right, in I'll Jefferson. slide in a line about the beautiful yeah. elk this time of year. Like the beautiful elk this time of year. Yeah. 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 Um, take our okay. pet elks for but a walk. I, so I want to yeah. say, like, yeah. to, to wrap this up. Yeah. That if we can get one advocacy organization to talk to their board about it, maybe we can get all of them. And then we can change this abominable state song. Horrible state Katie, song. And with that, to yeah. To let you know that you're not invited to next month's board meeting anymore. <laughs> oh, I've never seen Katie so bold. Uh, and which should tell you the importance of this. But, I, you know, listen, uh, Molly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I hope I didn't bore you all too much with no, distinctions. you were um, absolutely that. fascinating. Um, and you know, you really rolled with our lunacy. We appreciate that. Um, so just yeah, thank you very, very thank much. Thank you. Um, do with Katie what you will. That's that's not our business. Um, <laughs> Listen, guys, normally at this point, we would have some events, but you know what? Fuck it. Take some time off. Uh, you know what? Yeah, like, you can take a little time. A little time. All right. Um, it's, it's cool. You get to rest a little bit. Um, <laughs> us, probably no. But the rest of it, yes. Uh, the rest of you, yes. Um, all right. Uh, of course, please, as always, as we mentioned earlier, check out our Patreon. Um, $5 a month and you can join our Discord and get all the tea. The hot piping tea um, that is too spicy for pods. Uh, that's uh, patreon.com slash the night caucus. Uh, we're going to bring... I'm sorry. We're bringing the train in for a landing. I forgot to say we're bringing the train in for a landing. I keep having people make the motion at me. Um, and I wasn't looking because I was trying to look at the agenda for to see what I was saying. Um, and I, I forgot. I'm going to have to put that in the agenda so that I remember it. Anyway, um, <laughs> join our Patreon. You too can yell at me for not saying bring the train in for a landing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh so many many thanks uh once again to molly parson executive director of conservation voters of pennsylvania M uh my co-witches katie angela shanna as always our mysterious and delightful producer dr ack don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at the night caucus subscribe and rate us on apple pods spotify wherever you listen to your pods and you know like we said come join our community by becoming a patreon supporter and uh Get some rest, everybody. <laughs>